Hey guys, uh, I realize uh, editing Brooke here that um, there is a bit of an issue with hearing Steph in the first part of this episode. I do apologize with that. I, I can't do anything about that at this time. Um, just bear with me um, and uh, maybe turn your volume up as high as it'll go. Thanks guys. So welcome to the 59th episode of the True North Witches podcast. Our next episode will be a double trouble. It sure will. It sure will. Um, so look out for that. Also, let us know what witchy topics you want us to, you know, do individually or do as double troubles. Um, let us know. Let us know what you want to hear. Which also means that in six weeks is our next uh, creepy cast. So get your spooky, weird, odd stories in so that we can read them online. Um, if not, you just get to hear about our topics for the entire time. So please, please, please get them in. Um, I mean, we're talking about a few things. Uh, we do have a few topics, but we like to hear our listeners odd stories so yes please send those in um we are july our topic is kitchen witchery kitchen witchery all right so i just pulled the card high priestess oh the high priestess which the high priestess in stillness from there she's able to access realms others pass by without noticing that's world of intuition, dreams, and mysteries to use its silence and non-action to harness this power. Sometimes this card appears to remind you to listen more closely to the voice within. Other times, it's a sign to look past the obvious. Find what's being kept secret or hidden within a given situation and acknowledge the shadows. I, I feel like I was just called out. Yeah, I feel like this card is telling me to go back to shadow work. Um, definitely. I want to get that book that you got. Um, yeah, I think I need to, to get it. Do you, did you still not know where your fortunate book is? I found it. Okay, um, good. So the poem we have today, because I believe we've read this one before, is everything you could ever want has been summoned to your feet. The moon, the world, all its energy. All you have to do is be open to receive. Ideas of inadequacy may float around, pay them no attention, and poof, away they shall. Your subconscious begs you for a visit into, the, into its depths. Pay your respects by treating yourself to an inward journey from which you'll come out feeling worthy. I feel so, like yeah. I was just oh. fucking told to fucking get on my sh shadow work there. Yeah, I really feel like I was too. Yeah. Mind you, not every witch practices shadow work, which is fine. Your practice is your practice. You do what you do. But we, me and Brooke happen to practice and that is my patron goddess telling me to fuck the fuck up and do my fucking shadow work. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So my little witchy tip of the day 
is you can cleanse your phone or other electronic devices, clean out the old apps and photos, clean out the negative people from your contact list, and reset your ringtone and wallpaper to increase positive energy. You can also put things like crystals on your phone to help charge that as well. That reminds me of Buffy, the spider witch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole idea, yeah. Yeah. Very much a cyber age right now for yeah. ourselves, though. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I believe it is my turn, and I've chosen the topic of Hestia, who is a goddess of the home. Very fitting for uh, kitchen witchery. Yes. And so Hestia was the goddess of, or was, is, not was, is, the goddess of the hearth. <laughs> home, architecture, domesticity, family, and the state. She was one of only three virgin goddesses next to Athena and Artemis. Although both Poseidon and Apollo wanted to marry her, Hestia made an oath to Zeus that she would remain forever pure and undefiled, never entering into a union with a man. She is a goddess of the Olympian generation, daughter of Kronos and Rhea, and sister to Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, Demeter, and Hera. When Kronos swallowed his children for fear one would dethrone him, Hestia was the eldest and thus swallowed first. After Zeus forced his father to disgorge his children, Hestia was the last to be yielded up, making her both the oldest and the youngest daughter. As the goddess of the hearth, she is personified, uh, she's personified the fire burning in the hearth of every home in Greece. Hestia receiving the first offering at every sacrifice in the household with families pouring sweet wine in her name and dedicating the richest portion of food to her. Hearth fire in the household is not allowed to go out by any family unless it is ritually distinguished. Um, though Hestia did not have public cult, she was worshipped at any temple, regardless of the goddess the temple was dedicated to. Hestia is described as a kind, forgiving, and discreet goddess passive, non-confrontational nature. So she was the eldest daughter to Kronos and Rhea. Um, as with the rest of his children, Kronos hates her, but eventually uh, regurgitates her. She's, um, her other siblings, like I mentioned earlier, are Demeter, Hades, Poseidon, Hera. Um, and uh, of all the gods and goddesses, she was considered the gentlest and mildest of um, others critically have called her colorless because there is little information provided in regarding to her character. Although Hestia appeared to in a few has appeared in a few stories, she is not overly significant in Greek mythology. Hestia is completely omitted from the works of Homer, author of the Iliad and Odyssey, poets such as Apollodorus, Hesiod, and Ovid allude to her in, in their works. Each city had a public hearth that was sacred to Hestia. The fire kindled there was never allowed to go out. New colonies took fire from the hearth in the Prismanian, also known as the town hall, and kept the fires going in those new locations. Every meal began and ended with an offering. Like Athena and Artemis. Um, and I didn't know this before, like I researched her, that she was referred to as a virgin goddess. Although Apollo and Poseidon proposed marriage to Hestia, she requested to Zeus to remain a maiden forever. And um, going through like the other topics we've done, I realized that she's the only goddess that I've done that isn't um, that, that that has doesn't have the form of a triple goddess. 
Um, she's one of the only 12 Olympians with the name Ohibiri. Her name literally means curse, appropriately her priorities for family and community. Um, children were accepted into the family by being presented at the of curse. This is their first step about blessing uh, on the new edition. Fiesta was the Roman equivalent to Hestia. Public and private worship of Hestia was widespread. She represented communal security and personal happiness. Since Hestia remained a virgin, it follows that she had no children. Um, the vow of chastity. Uh, since she was pure and purifying, since fire is pure and a purifying element, Hestia was worshipped for being a virgin goddess um, because of what she like represented, and they say that she became a virgin in order to keep the peace at Olympus. Mainly both Apollo and Poseidon wanted to marry her, fearing that choosing either of them may result in turmoil. Hestia swore to an eternal virginity by placing her hand in Zeus's head and as a reward for maintaining the order and impulse of marriage, Zeus granted her the central place in the house in the first and richest portion of the human divine offering. Um, only once was Hestia's chastity subsequently put in danger at a rustic feast the drunken god of fertility for priapus tried to uh, rape the sleeping goddess fortunately a donkey started braying and woke up both hestia and the guests who chased priapus away in contempt ever since donkeys were rested in garlands and garlands on hestia's feet Gentle and peace-loving, Hestia doesn't appear in too many myths other than these two. Plato says that this is because she has to, has to remain in the house of the gods, all alone, tending to the eternal celestial fire, even when all the other Olympians ritually pass in processions through heaven. This is both her privilege and her predicament. Consequently, Hestia's only manifestation among humans was the crackling of the fire. Aristotle says that it is the sound of the goddess laughing, which is um, pretty great, right? Like you're burning a candle, you have a fire, and you hear a crackling. To think of it that of uh, <coughs> to think of it as the goddess's laugh is pretty, it's pretty great. Um, now you can say when you're burning a candle that crackling, you can say, "Oh, it's that sound. It's the goddess laughing. It's fun." Um, but because there isn't much about her, I didn't have much written about. But um, that is what I have about Hestia. I think she's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there isn't, I guess, much information on her. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be. Like, I knew she was a goddess, but I didn't know that she was a goddess of the hearth or or what if she was a goddess of. I just, bad as I know, I knew that she was a goddess. And was reminded that she was a goddess because of an anime that I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about it. That's, that's like, there is not very much information out there, is there? No. That's weird. Anyway. Uh, that's all you had? Um, yes, it is. No. Okay. So I am going to talk to you uh, about the... About garlic. Yes, garlic is witchy. Um, I didn't know about that until I was trying to do some sort of spell. I don't remember what exactly it was. And it called for garlic, but not garlic, but the folk name for garlic, which we will get into. So 
And I had to look it up. I'm like, oh my God, that's just garlic powder. So garlic or allium sativum, um, it's a perennial plant uh, of the Amarillidaceae family. Uh, it's grown for the bulbs. Um, that's what's usually eaten. Um, but then there are some that are grown for like the green part. Um, the plant is native to Central Asia, but grows wild in Italy and Southern France and is a classic ingredient in many national cuisines. The bulbs have a powerful onion-like aroma and pungent taste and are not usually eaten raw, although they can be eaten raw in forms of medicine. But again, we will get to that. The, the usually grows to be about two feet tall, uh, depending on the variety. Um, the long leaves typically arise from a short hard stem above the bulb or emerge from a softer uh, pseudo stem made up of overlapping leaf sheets. The bulb is covered with mem uh, membranous skin and enclosed up to 20 edible uh, bulblets called cloves. And the actual outer part is called uh, the garlic head. And then like, like it said, the others are uh, cloves. Uh, the spherical flower cluster is initially enclosed in a pair of papery tapered uh, bracts. The bracts split open when the green, white, or pinkish flowers bloom. Flower stalks sometimes arise bearing tiny bulbils, tiny secondary bulbs that form in place of flowers. The sterile, uh, and oh sorry, and sterile blossoms. Garlic is usually grown as an annual crop and is propagated by planting cloves or top bulb bills through seeds can be can also be used. In ancient and medieval times, garlic was prized for its medicinal properties and was carried as a charm against vampires and other evils. The plant is used in traditional and folk medicine in many places, and there is some evidence that it may help prevent heart disease. Garlic contains about 0.1% essential oil, uh, the principal components of which are diol disulfide and dialyl trisulfide and allyl propyl uh, disulfide. The word Garlic derives from the Old English garlic, meaning gar, spear, and leek, as a spear-shaped leek. Origin of major types, identification of the wild progenitor of common garlic is difficult due to the sterility of its many cultivators, which limits the ability to cross-test with wild relatives. Genetically and uh, metaphor, oh, sorry, move, more biologically, garlic is most similar to the wild species Alum longicuspis, which grows in Central and Northwestern Asia. However, because Alum longicuspis is most is also mostly sterile, it is doubtful that it is the ancestor of Allium sativus. Other candidates that have been suggested include Allium tuncellianum, Allium macroxcase, 
Sultan and Alam Trumpetum, all of which are native to the Middle East. Garlic grows in the wild in areas where it has become naturalized. The wild garlic, in quotes, or crow garlic and field garlic of Britain are members of this species. No, sorry, they are members of the species Allium ursinum, Allium menial, and Allium olorexium, respectively. In North America, Allium vineal, known as wild garlic or crow garlic, and Allium canadines, is known as meadow garlic, wild garlic, or wild onion, are commonly common weeds in fields. So-called elephant garlic is actually a wild leek, uh, which is Allium empeloparsum and not a true garlic. Single clove garlic, also called pearl or solo garlic, originated in the Yunnan province of China. So in Europe, some garlics actually have protective status, fun fact. Uh, Garlic is easy to grow and can be grown year-round in mild climates. While sexual propagation of garlic is possible, nearly all of the garlic in cultivation is propagated asexually by planting individual cloves in the ground. In colder climates, cloves are best planted about six weeks before the soil freezes. The goal is to have the bulbs produce only roots and no shoots above the ground. Harvest is in late spring or early summer. So cold climates, Canada, technically, uh, if you look at planting garlic in Canada, you can, it is suggested that you do it in the fall. Onions and cloves, or sorry, onions and garlic cloves. Garlic plants can be grown closely together, leaving enough space for the bulbs to mature and are easily grown in containers of sufficient depth. Garlic does well in loose, dry, well-drained soils in sunny locations and is hardy throughout uh, USDA climate zones. When selecting garlic for planting, it is important to pick large bulbs from which to separate cloves. Large cloves, along with proper spacing in the planting bed, will also increase bulb size. Garlic plants prefer to grow in a soil with a high organic material content, but are capable of growing in a wild range of soil conditions and pH levels. There are different varieties or subspecies of garlic, most notably hard neck garlic and soft neck garlic. The latitude where the garlic is grown affects the choice of type as garlic may be dry length sensitive. Hard neck garlic is generally grown in cooler climates and produces relatively large cloves, whereas soft neck garlic is generally grown closer to the equator and produces small, tightly packed cloves. Garlic scrape, scraps, scrapes, garlic scrapes are removed to focus all the garlic's energy into bulb growth. The scapes, sorry, scapes, not scrapes, there's no R. Words are hard. The scapes can be eaten raw or cooked. Garlic plants are usually hardy and not affected by many pests or diseases. Garlic plants are said to repel rabbits and moles. Ooh, good to know for next garden. The California Department of Food and Agriculture, CDFA, conducts a certified program to assure uh, freedom of nematode and white rot disease called by caused by stromatinia capivora two pathogens that could both destroy a crop as well as remain in the soil indefinitely once introduced 
Garlic may also suffer from pink root, a typically non-fatal disease that stunts the roots and turns them pink or red, or leek rust. The larvae of the leek moth attack garlic by mining into leaves or bulbs. A little bit about the garlic's history. Uh, harvesting garlic uh, from Tassinum sanitatis was 15th century. Uh, garlic has been um, harvested uh, from the 15th century. So in culinary, um, numerous uh, cuneiform records show that garlic has been cultivated by, in Mesopotamia for at least 4,000 years. The use of garlic in China and Egypt also dates back thousands of years. Well-preserved garlic was found in the tomb of Tutankhamun uh, circa 1325 BC. It was consumed by ancient Greek and Roman soldiers, sailors, and rural classes. And according to Pliny the Elder, uh, by the African peasantry, garlic was placed uh, by the ancient Greeks on the piles of stones at crossroads as a supper for Hecate. Garlic was rare in traditional English cuisines, though it is said to have been grown in England before 1548, but has been a common ingredient in Mediterranean Europe. Uh, translations of the 1300 uh, assize of weights and measures, the English stature, uh, statute generally dates to the 13th century, indicate a passage as dealing with standardized units of garlic production, sale, and taxation. The hundred of 15 ropes of 15 heads each, but the Latin version of the text may be referring to herring rather than garlic. Garlic in folk magic, it's been used for traditional medicine in diverse cultures such as Egypt, Japan, China, Rome, and Greece. Uh, in his natural history, Pliny gave a list of conditions in which garlic was considered beneficial. Galen, writing in the second century, eulogized garlic as the rustic theriac cure-all. Avicenna and the canon of medicine recommended garlic for the treatment of arthritis, snake and insect bites, parasites, chronic cough, and as an antibiotic. Alexander Neckham, a writer of the 12th century, uh, discussed it as a palliative for the heat of the sun in field labor. In the 17th century, uh, Thomas Sydenham valued it as an application in confluent smallpox, and William Cullen's Materia Medica of 1789 found some dropsies cured by it alone. There are a few ways that you can uh, use garlic. Garlic bulbs and cloves are for sale at the Orator Market in Bangkok. A garlic bulb, uh, garlic is widely known, used around the world for its pungent flavor as a seasoning or condiment. Garlic plant's bulb is the most commonly used part of the plant, uh, while the exception of the single clove types, garlic bulbs are normally divided into numerous fleshy sections called cloves. Garlic cloves are used for consumption, raw or cooked, or for medicinal purposes. They have a characterized pungent spicy flavor that mellows and sweetens considerably while cooking. The distinctive aroma is mainly due to 
organosulfur compounds, including allicin, present in fresh garlic cloves, and aone, which forms when they are when they are crushed or chopped. A further metabolite, alimethyl sulfide, is responsible for garlic breath. Other parts of the garlic plant are also edible. The leaves and flowers on the head are sometimes eaten. They are milder in flavor than the bulbs and are most often consumed well, immature and still tender. Immature garlic is sometimes pulled rather like a scallion and sold as green garlic. When green garlic is allowed to grow past the scallion stage, but not permitted to fully mature, it may produce a garlic round, a bulb like a boiling onion, but not separated into cloves like a mature bulb. Green garlic imparts a garlic flavor and aroma in food, minus the spiciness. Green garlic is often chopped and stirred or cooked in soup or hot pot in Southeast Asia and Chinese cookery and is very abundant and low priced. Additionally, the immature flower stalks of the hard neck and elephant types are sometimes marketed for use similar to asparagus in stir fries. Inedible or rarely eaten parts of the garlic plant include the skin covering each clove and root cluster. The papery protective layers of skin over various parts of the plant are generally discarded during preparation for most culinary uses, though in Korea, immature whole heads are sometimes prepared while the tender skin's intact. The root clusters attached to the basal, spot, uh, basal plate of the bulb is the only part not typically considered palatable in any form. An alternative is to cut the top of the bulb, coat the cloves by dipping, uh, by dribbling olive oil or other oil-based seasonings over them and roast them in an oven. Garlic softens and can be extracted from the cloves by squeezing the root end of the bulb or individually by squeezing one end of the clove. In Korea, heads of garlic are heated over the course of several weeks. The resulting product, called black garlic, is sweet and syrupy and is exported to the United States, United Kingdom, and Australia. Garlic may be applied to different kinds of bread, usually in a medium of butter or oil, to create a variety of classic dishes such as garlic bread, garlic toast, bruschetta, uh, crostini, and canapé. The flavor varies in in intensity and aroma with the different cooking methods. It is, often, it is often paired with onion, tomato, or ginger. Immature scapes are tender and edible. They are also known as garlic spears, stems or tops. Scapes generally have a milder taste than the cloves. They are often used in stir frying or braised like asparagus. Garlic leaves are a popular vegetable in many parts of Asia. The leaves are cut, cleaned, and then stir-fried with eggs, meat, or vegetables. That sounds absolutely delicious. Stephanie is nodding her head yes on the other side of the video. <laughs> yes, it sounds delicious. Uh, garlic powder is made from dehydrated garlic that and can be used as a substitute for fresh garlic, though the taste is not quite the same. Garlic salt combines garlic powder with table salt. Oils can be flavored with garlic cloves. These infused oils are used to season all categories of vegetables, meats, breads, and pasta. Garlic along with fish sauce, chopped fresh chilies, lime juice, sugar, and water is a basic essential item in dipping fish sauce, a highly used dipping sauce condiment used in, uh, in Indochina. 
In East and Southeast Asia, chili oil with garlic is a popular dipping sauce, especially for meat and seafood. Tiong Ot Toy Vietnam, Vietnam chili garlic sauce is a highly popular condiment and dip across North America and Asia. In some cuisines, the young bulbs are pickled for three to six weeks in a mixture of sugar, salt, and spices. In early Europe, the shoots are pickled or sorry, in Eastern Europe, the shoots are pickled and eaten as an appetizer. Laba garlic, prepared by soaking garlic in vinegar, is a type of pickled garlic served with dumplings in Northern China to celebrate the Chinese New Year. Garlic is essential in Middle Eastern and Arabic cooking with its presence in many food items. Uh, in Levantine countries such as Jordan and Lebanon, garlic is traditionally crushed together with olive oil and occasionally salt to create a Middle Eastern garlic sauce called toom, meaning garlic. While not exclusively served with meats, toom is commonly paired with chicken or other meat dishes such as shawarma. Garlic is also a key component in some hummus varieties and Arabic dip composed of chickpeas, tahini, garlic, lemon juice, and salt, which is delicious and I can't eat it because the chickpeas make me sick to my stomach. It's so pissed off. Let's not even get into that. Lightly smoked garlic is used in British and other European cuisine. It is particularly prized for stuffing poultry and game and in soups and stews. Emulsifying garlic with olive oil produces aioli. Garlic oil and chunky base produce scordalia, blending garlic, almond oil, and soaked bread produces ahor blanco. Uh, tzatziki yogurt mixed with garlic and salt is a common sauce in Eastern uh, Mediterranean cuisines. 11 proven health benefits of garlic. Garlic contains uh, compounds. So this is, this is the medicinal kind of uh, with it. But again, if you're allergic, please seek something else. I am not a doctor. Steph is not a doctor. Um, that's not what we went to school for. So please do your research. Garlic contains compounds uh, with potent medical uh, medicinal properties. It is closely related to onions, shallots, and leeks. Each segment of the garlic bulb, each clove. So it contains sulfur compounds, which are believed to bring some of its health benefits. Uh, garlic is highly uh, nutritious, but has very few calories. So one clove, three grams of raw garlic contains 2% of your daily manganese and vitamin B6, 1% of your vitamin uh, C and selenium, and it has about 0 0.06 grams of fiber. Uh, it has decent amounts of calcium, copper, potassium, phosphorus, iron, and vitamin B1. And it comes with 4.5 calories of protein and one gram of carbs. Garlic also contains trace amounts of various other nutrients. And in fact, it contains a little bit of almost everything you need. And it is also very low in calorie. Uh, garlic supplements are known to boost the function of the immune system. One large 12-week study found that a garlic, a daily garlic supplement reduced the number of colds by 63% compared to a placebo. The average length of cold symptoms was also reduced by 70%. 
from five days in the Prestelibro group just to just 1.5 days in the garlic group. Another study found that a high dose of aged garlic extract, 2.56 grams per day, reduced the number of days sick with cold or flu by 61%. However, one review concluded that the evidence is insufficient and more research is needing. Despite the lack of strong evidence, adding garlic to your diet may be worth trying if you often get colds. Cardiovascular diseases like heart attacks and strokes are the world's biggest killers. High blood pressure or hypertension is one of the most important drivers of these diseases. Human studies have found garlic supplements to have a sufficient impact on reducing blood pressure in people with high blood pressure. In one study, 600 to 1500 milligrams of aged garlic extract was just as effective as the drug atinol in at reducing blood pressure over a 24 week period. Supplement doses must be fairly high to have the desired effects. The amount needed is equivalent to about four cloves of garlic per day. Uh, apparently, for those with high cholesterol, garlic supplements appear to reduce total and or LDL cholesterol by about 10 to 15%. Uh, looking at LDL, which is the bad, and HDL, the good cholesterol, specifically, garlic appears to lower LDL, but has no reliable effect on HDL. High triglyceride levels are another known risk factor for heart disease, but garlic seems to have no significant effects on triglyceride levels. Oxidative damage from free radicals contributes to the aging process. Garlic contains antioxidants that support the body's uh, protective mechanisms against oxidative damage. High doses of garlic uh, supplements have been shown to increase antioxidant uh, enzymes in humans, as well as significantly reduce oxidative stress in those with high blood pressure. The combined effects on reducing cholesterol and blood pressure, as well as the antioxidant properties, may reduce the risk of common brain diseases like Alzheimer's disease and dementia. The potential effects of garlic on longevity are basically impossible to prove in humans, but given the beneficial effects on important risk factors like blood pressure, it may make sense that garlic could help you live longer. The fact that it can fight infectious disease is also an important factor because these are common causes of death, especially in the elderly or people with dysfunctional immune systems. Garlic was one of the earliest performance-enhancing substances. It was traditionally used in ancient cultures to reduce fatigue and enhance the work capacity of laborers. Most notably, it was given to Olympic athletes in ancient Greece. Rodent studies have shown that garlic helps with exercise performance, but very few human studies have been done. People with heart disease who took garlic oil for six weeks had a 12% reduction in peak heart rate and better exercise capability. However, a study on nine competitive cyclists found no performance benefits. Other studies suggest that exercise-induced fatigue may be reduced by garlic, but it's not yet conclusive. 
At high doses, the sulfur compounds in garlic have been shown to protect against organ damage from heavy metal toxicity. A four-week study in employees of a car battery plant, access, which has excessive exposure to lead, found that garlic reduced lead levels in the blood by 19%. It also reduced many clinical signs of toxicity, including headaches and blood pressure. Three doses of garlic each day even outperformed the drug D-penicillamine in reducing symptoms. No human studies have measured the effects of garlic on bone loss. However, rodent studies have shown that it can minimize bone loss by increasing estrogen in females. One study in menopausal women found that a daily dose of dry garlic extract equal to two grams of raw garlic significantly decreased a marker of estrogen deficiency. This suggests that this supplement may have beneficial effects on bone health in women. Foods like garlic and onions may also have beneficial effects on osteoarthritis. This last one is not a health benefit, but it is important. Garlic is very easy and delicious to include in your current diet. It complements most savory dishes, particularly soups and sauces. The strong taste of garlic can also add a punch to otherwise bland recipes. Garlic comes in several forms, from whole cloves and smooth pastes to powders and supplements like garlic extract and garlic oil. However, keep in mind that there are some downsides to garlic, such as bad breath. There's also some people who are allergic to it. If you have a bleeding disorder or are taking blood thinning medicines, Medications, talk to your doctor before increasing your garlic intake. A common way to use garlic is to press a few cloves of fresh garlic with a garlic press, then mix with extra virgin olive oil and add a bit of salt. Uh, This is a healthy and super satisfying dressing. So, veg thinking, that's all well and good, Brooke, but how does it become witchy? And I can tell you that. So, um, garlic is... uh, Element is fire. Uh, its planet is Mars. Uh, I think that's the fiery, spicy part of it. Uh, garlic is primarily lo- used for protection, banishing, and warding. It often uh, offers protection from break-ins when kept around the house or in wards. When used in sleep charms, it wards against nightmares. It is used for banishing negativity and unwelcome spirits. This can probably be stretched to get rid of unwanted mindsets, habits, emotions, etc. It can protect the user from gossip and psychic attacks, and it can be used in wards for almost any purpose. Garlic has strong associations with Hecate. The go- uh, the Greeks would place garlic at crossroads as an offering to her. I tend to do it with garlic bread. She seems to be okay with that. I love garlic bread. It can also be used for passion, spell breaking, strength, clairvoyance and divination, confidence, purification, courage, healing, longevity, prosperity, lust, wishes, overcoming opposition, success, and fair weather. Um, A few more medicinal properties that weren't discussed. Uh, It can be useful in treating bronchitis, allergies, unless you have an allergy to garlic, obviously, uh, and asthma by helping to open the lungs and ease breathing. It's a healthy antioxidant and it has antimicrobial properties like we stated. Uh, Roasted garlic is wonderful. I just, I could eat that off the spoon, uh, but I am a garlic fanatic. Just, Just pointing that out there. <laughs> um, 
Garlic aids in preventing clots by thinning blood. Use in moderation due to its blood thinning properties. Again, if you are um, allergic to it or on a lowering um, medication, please check with your doctor before consuming. Slash, if you're allergic to it, just don't consume. It helps lower cholesterol and blood sugar levels. Garlic juice can be applied directly or in a poultice to burns. I have done this. I have done this and it has worked. To maximize the health benefits, you should crush the garlic at room temperature and allow it to sit for about 15 minutes. This triggers an enzyme reaction that boosts the healthy compounds in garlic. A bit of aromatherapy, uh, garlic is a natural insect repellent. You could probably burn it for protection, but seriously, unless it's cooking, it's not the most pleasant scent at all. Um, folk names for this particular plant are stinkweed or poor man's treacle. And then I do have a small little recipe um, with garlic for all of you witchy things. And this is coming out of my own little witchy book. This is, Steph Stephanie has had, had this because I've made it for her. This is what I usually use in the winter weather to uh, prevent or help with colds, runny noses, slight coughs, that sort of thing. Um, you're going to fill up a jar how much you desire I usually do smaller jars because in my house I'm the only one that has it and then I'll usually make a smaller jar for Stephanie so that she can go through it and it contains garlic two cloves if you're using the 250 uh, milliliter jars um, and then just kind of double it as you go along. So if I was making a larger jar, say if Stephanie lived with me and uh, required it and I just wanted to keep one on hand, I'd do the 250 or the 500. It is so two to four per jar. Um, then if you're doing the larger jars, probably four to six cloves, depending on how much you like garlic. Uh, we like garlic, so I tend to do four cloves in each. Uh, you'll need some enough honey to fill it, and then you'll need uh, lemon or lemon juice, depending on what you want. I tend to put the whole pieces of lemon in there, and then you just stir it in your tea or hot water and uh, drink a cup of it, just a, a tablespoon in a cup of cup of hot water uh, or a teaspoon in your tea. That's all I had for you today. I got my information from uh, Britannica.com, Wikipedia.org, Healthline.com, uh, Veas hyphen witchcraft hyphen and hyphen spiritual.tumblr.com and the magical kitchen.com. All right. I got my information from www.botanica.com and Wikipedia as well as www.thoi.com. Freaks, freaks, gods, and goddesses.net.
But that's all we had for you today, which is remember that next week we're having double trouble, which means that in five weeks we're going to have a creepy cast. So please <laughs> get your creepy, weird, odd, scary, spooky, ah, weird stories in um, so that uh, we can read them on the podcast. You don't have to drop your name if you want us to make it anonymous. Go right ahead and do so. But you can send those to True North Witches at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook at True North And you can direct message us there. If you don't feel comfortable emailing us, just drop a DM into the DM. Do that. Do that. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram at True North Witches, where I have posted some of the um, stuff in the shop. On Twitter, where we may have one tweeted, but we don't usually tweet. Yeah. Steffi usually does the tweeting, so. And so there is one. <laughs> Uno tweet. Uno tweet. Um, you can also check us out on YouTube at True North Witches. <laughs> on, <laughs> on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TNW podcast, or look us up in the search bar at True North Witches. There are a few extras over on there, and I'm working on a few extra extras. Okay, yeah. <laughs> few extra extras um, up there to get posted so I mean you don't have to but we would be very lucky if you decided to support us on one of our tiers um, also on Facebook that does give you access to the Facebook the Patreon only Facebook group um, you can also check us out on, on our website www.churchwitches.com and you can also support the podcast by looking up the our new Etsy shop, uh, www.etsy.com forward slash True North with True North Occult Shop, or just look up True North Occult Shop in the search bar, which would probably be much easier on you. Um, but you can go take a look there. Uh, we have things such as wax melts for your witchy rituals we have things such as little spell jars runes that stephanie has meticulously crafted uh incense burners um some merch is actually up on the shop so take take a peeky peek but uh, that's all we have for you for this episode i think i think we got all of our socials yes uh and we will see you in next week's double trouble which is you have a wonderful week which is and we'll talk to you in the next episode bye, bye.